In Luke chapter 10, I want to just kind of give you a challenge this evening on uh, Samaritan missions. Samaritan missions. In Luke chapter 10, if you would notice in verse number 30, in verse number, thir- or verse, excuse me, verse number 29, but he willing to justify himself said unto Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus answering said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him. And whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for the time that we have to come again this evening. Lord, to open your word. And uh, Lord, just to uh, share a little bit about the mission field. Lord, I do pray that if there may be someone here this evening, God, you're speaking to their heart about surrendering to full-time Christian service, whether it be in missions or, Lord, in whatever area, Lord, I pray that you would just help them to make that decision. Lord, help them to realize that it is a a great privilege to be able to serve the King of Kings. And Father, I pray that you just be with us now as we go through this, uh, this message. Lord, just use it to speak to hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In this passage of Scripture, we, I want us to see some things about Samaritan missions. I'm going to use the, the Samaritan as, a, as an example of what missions is supposed to be about and how missions should be done. And first of all, I think the first thing we see here is the condition of the man. The condition of the man. Uh, in, verse number, in verse number 30, we find that this man is injured. Um, he, he's going from Jerusalem to Jericho. He falls among thieves. They strip him of his raiment, they wound him, and they leave him half dead. Okay? Now, first of all, it was very foolish for this man to be traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho alone. Okay? Um, this stretch of road was about 13 kilometers, which is about uh, 7 miles. And that stretch of road was called the Way of Blood. Okay? Um, it was known for thievery. It was known for, for robbery and things like that. And it was very foolish for this man to be traveling alone on this road anyway. But he, he travels on this road and he meets up with these thieves. And Jesus shows us that these thieves, they, uh, they wound him. They, they strip him of his clothing. They steal everything from him. They beat him up and they leave him half dead. I mean, this man is now injured. He's, he's laying there. But then... The second thing that we see is the not only injured man, but the indifferent men. You find here two, two men, the Bible speaks about, that comes by and, and looks upon this man. And these were, were men of religion. Uh, they were men that were working in the temple. It says one of them was a priest and one of them was a Levite. Okay? Uh, the priest came down. He saw him and he passed by on the other way, on the other side. Uh, so the priest saw him, but the priest did not come near uh, to the man. He saw him, but he wouldn't come near. He passed by. And this priest, we find that he puts his religion before the needs of this man. Yes, it was 
uh, against the against the uh, ceremonial laws for the priest to 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 be able to touch blood because he would then be considered unclean and and he would have to go through several days of purification before he could serve in the temple again. But here he saw a man with a need and instead of putting the the needs of this man before uh, before his self, he began putting himself before the needs of this man. Even with the Levite, the Levite does the same thing. He saw him, he stepped a little bit nearer, but he still passed by on the other side. I think the thing that we see about these two men, both of these men were in church. Both of these men were serving God in the church, but the problem was they left their God at church. They left their God at church. They didn't take their God with them. God was not real in their everyday life. They were serving God. They were working for God, but only in the temple. When they got outside of the temple, they had no burden. They had no desire to serve God and to serve others. By the way, to serve God is to serve others. That's what service is. As we serve God, we serve others. And these men were willing to serve God in the temple, but they were not willing to serve God outside of the temple. I think so many times as Christians, we're willing to come to church and, you know, we're willing to, to, to bring our Bibles and, and be here in church. And we think that that's serving God. But then when we get outside of the church, we've left God at the church. And we don't serve God when we're outside of the church. But then we see the man that was involved, the Samaritan. The Samaritan... The Bible tells us that as he journeyed, he came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. We see the condition of the man, but notice the compassion for ministry. If we don't have a compassion for ministry, if we don't have a compassion, and the word ministry means to serve. If we don't have a compassion to serve others, we'll never serve God. We can't. We can't be able to, to serve others if we're not or excuse me we can't serve god if we're not willing to serve other people we can't it's not possible that's why jesus tells us that we must love the lord our god with all of our heart and our soul and our might and our strength and our neighbor as ourselves. you see if i don't love my neighbor the way that god wants me to love my neighbor it's because i don't love god the way i should love god and it's the same thing if i'm not willing to serve others it's because i'm not willing to serve god you can't separate them and this man even though he was a samaritan he uh, and the man laying there was a jew he had compassion compassion is not a word that you hear too much these days we must have compassion in ministry we must have compassion in, in service. Notice it was an unrestricted compassion. It was a Samaritan helping a Jew. He didn't see a Jew, though. He saw someone in need. Many times, and, and I'm, I don't know how it is here in America, but I know in Uganda, many times we, as Ugandans, there is, there is indifference because of tribalism. We have over 50 different tribes in Uganda, and many times... Uh, in Uganda, there is an indifference to other tribes. If you're not from my tribe, then, you know, then, then I'm not really concerned about you. And we have to teach our people that it doesn't matter what tribe they come from, they still need to be served. It doesn't matter what part of, of America or what part of the world you come from or what language you speak, they still need to be served. 
they still need to know about Jesus Christ. And here this Samaritan sees this Jew. And to be quite honest with you, if the, if the Jewish man was conscious and he saw the Samaritan coming over, the Jewish man would probably have cursed the Samaritan. Because to a Jewish man, the Samaritan was nothing more than a dog. And the Jewish man would probably think that it was, it was not even right for that Samaritan to be helping him. But the Samaritan didn't see the Jew. He saw a man in need. And he went to this man and he, he, he reached out personally to him. He, went, he bound up his wounds. He eased his pain. The Bible says he poured oil and wine into the wounds. He gave his own possessions to meet the needs of this man. Again, this man was nothing to the Samaritan. Never met him before. Probably would never see him again. But he saw the man had a need. And he said, I'm going to take what is rightfully mine and I'm going to use it to meet the needs of this man. He poured oil in. He poured wine in. He set him on his own beast. He sacrificed his own comfort. Before, the Samaritan was riding. Now he's having to walk. Because now he's put this wounded man on his animal, probably a a mule or a, a donkey or something. And now he's having to sacrifice his own comfort to help meet the need of this man. I heard someone say that sacrifice is not sacrifice until it hurts. Until it hurts. If we're just, if we're just, if we say that we're sacrificing and yet it's not hurting, then it's not sacrifice. I believe that's true. You know, many times we think that, and I, I think if you, you go and study Scripture, I think you'll find this true. Even when, when Jesus was at the temple, uh, at the treasury, and Jesus sees all of the, uh, the religious leaders and the Jewish people casting in of their abundance. And then Jesus sees this little widow woman that casts in just two mites. And Jesus says that that widow woman has cast in more than all of the others put together. Now, wait a minute. Weren't these other men giving a lot more? Sure they were, but were they sacrificing? No. She gave everything she had. You think it was easy for that lady to give those two mites? That's all she had. Oh, it was easy for those religious leaders and those other Jews to give because Jesus said they have much more at home. They have abundance at home. But this lady was willing to sacrifice. She was willing to give even until it hurt. We need to be willing to sacrifice so that others can get the gospel out. I was telling a pastor today, uh, you know, you would be surprised. Many missionaries do not believe um, that uh, the people on the mission field can, can give. They say, well, the people are too poor to give. You're right. Our people are poor, but we still believe they can give. And we teach our people to give, not just tithes, but we teach our people to give to missions. And, uh, the first year that we started giving to missions, our church gave about uh, 250,000 shillings, which is about $125. And we were able to take on one missionary. The next year, our people increased their giving to about uh, 350,000, and we were able to take on our second missionary. The next year, we increased to about 500,000. We were not able to take on another missionary that year. But the next year, we increased to about 750,000. We took on our third missionary. And when I say missionary, I'm not talking about white missionary. I'm talking about national missionaries, Ugandans. This past year, our church increased their giving up to 850000 which is about $400. And uh, we were able to take on our fourth missionary. This year, our church is committed to give over 1 million shillings. That's about $500 to missions. 
And you have to remember, most of the people in our church make less than $100 a month. We don't have a large church, but our people are willing to give above their tithes. They still give their tithes. They still give for, for a building, but they see that they need also to give to missions. They're not excluded from the command to, to reach the world. They're not excluded from the command to, to send forth missionaries. And even our people, we teach our people. We have, we have a, a lady that lives about an hour north of us. And every year when we have our missions conference, she comes down. She said, she's, she's an American, but she says, I, I want to be. And she says, uh, you know, many missionaries don't have missions conferences and they don't support missionaries. And she says, when I heard you had a missions conference, she says, I was so excited. She said, I didn't think missionaries did that. And she drives down every, every year. She drives down an hour and a half just to attend our missions conference. Listen, it doesn't matter how poor or how rich. We just need to be willing to sacrifice. And uh, just, as, just as you sacrifice here to send missionaries, I want you to know we teach our people to sacrifice also. Um, you, you look in, in 2 Corinthians, or 1 Corinthians chapter 8, you see the churches of Macedonia. Uh, they were poor. They were destitute. Uh, they were afflicted, they were persecuted, but yet they were still willing to give. Not only themselves, but they were also willing to give to help the needs of others. And that's what we see this man doing. He was willing to give his own possessions. He was sacrificing his own comfort. We see that he provided a room for him. Uh, even uh, he personally cared for him. He took out money and said, even though I don't know this man, I want to take care of him. I want to make sure that he gets better. And notice he says, I... When I come again, I will repay thee. He says, you take the money that I've given you, you use it for whatever he needs, and if it costs more, I'm going to come back again, and I'll, I'll make sure the bill is settled. I wonder how many Christians today would fit into the category of Samaritan missions. That we would be willing to sacrifice and be able to personally reach out and meet the needs of others and, and personally help them so that we, we could be able to share the gospel with them. But it was an undeniable compassion. He showed continual compassion and care. Not just that day, but he was willing even to pay more for the next two days and for however long it took for that man to get better. But the most important thing I think about this is in verse number 37. If you look in verse number 36, Jesus says, Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. The third thing is the command given. Jesus said, If you know which one to follow the example of, don't follow the example of the priest, don't leave your God in church, don't follow the example of the Levite who was just so concerned about his work, he didn't have time to, to stop and help this man. He said, you follow the example of the Samaritan. You follow the example of the one that had compassion. Jesus says, go and do thou likewise. Now, there are two parts to this command. Number one, going. Going. You say, well, Brother Andrew, I can't go to Uganda. It's fine. He didn't say you had to go to Uganda. But he did say, go. Amen? We are to go. It doesn't matter where we are, but we are to go. You know what? I can't go in Sydney. Can't. I don't live here. But you do. 
I can't reach the person that lives across the street from you. I can't reach your next door neighbor. I can't reach the person that you work with, but you can. You can't reach the Ugandans unless God's called you to come to Uganda and praise the Lord if he does. But I can. See, wherever we are at, we are to go. But not only are we to go, but notice he says, do. You say, well, wait a minute. If we're going, aren't we doing? Well, I think there's something very interesting about what Jesus says there. He says, go, but then he says, do. We're not just to do the minimum. We're to do the maximum. We're to do the very best that we can. This Samaritan did not just do the little that he could. He didn't just look at the man and say, okay, hey, look, you know, I'm going to leave some oil and wine and some bandages with you, and when you wake up, you can do it yourself. No. He took the time to help him. He took the time to put him on his animal. He took the time to take him to the inn. He took the time to even pay for a man for, for the needs of a man he had never met. For the needs of a man that would have probably cursed him. He was going the, the extra mile, as the Bible says. God just doesn't want us to go. God wants us to do. We need to do something. Yes, we can go, but why are we going? Are we just going because God says to go? Are we going because we enjoy going? Are we going because we want to see somebody get saved? Are we going because we want to make a difference in someone's life? Are we going because we actually want to see someone's life change and their heart get right with God and see him grow spiritually? Why do we, why do, we do what we do? Do we just do it because, you know, Pastor Alter says we have to do it, so we do it? Or do we do it because we want to please the Lord? Do we do it so that one day we can stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and hear him say, well done? Now, good and faithful servant. He says, go and do. Many people go, but they really just don't do. I mean, I can be honest. I remember in college, you know, we, we were required to go soul winning every week. And I remember many times going, but not doing. We try to find houses that we didn't think anybody was at home. Hey, I'm just being honest with you. I was just a normal college kid. Try to find streets where it didn't look like anybody was at home. So we could say we knocked on a whole street and, you know, 15 minutes, we're done. So we could go. We went, but we weren't really doing what God wanted us to do. Listen, you have a job. God has given you a job, not just so that you can work at that job, but so that you can do something at that job so you can tell others about Jesus Christ. God's put, put you in the house that you live in, not just so that you can live there, but so you can be a testimony to all of those people around you. God's put you here at this church, not just so that you can be another member of the church, but so you can help this church grow. It's not just going, but it's doing. What is the purpose of what we do? Do we do it? To please the Lord? Are we doing it to please men? If we're doing it to please men, we're doing it for the wrong purpose. In Uganda, we have to be very careful about that. Many people want to do things or because of the Mzungu, the white person. They think by coming to church that maybe they'll get a job. By coming to church, maybe we'll help them pay their school fees or something. And many times people come to church just to see what they can get from the white person, from the missionary. It's not why God wants us to do things. 
God wants to do it because we love to do it. That's why he said we must love him first. If our relationship is right with God, we'll have no problem doing. If our relationship is right with God, we'll have no problem going out and telling our neighbors about Jesus Christ. We'll have no problem saying, Lord, I'll go where you want me to go. We'll have no problem saying like Isaiah, Lord, here am I, send me. You want me to go, God? I'll go. You want me to go to Rwanda where 10.5 million people need a missionary? I'll go. You want me to go to South America, Lord? I'll go. You want me to go across the street? I'll go. That's what God wants. He wants some Samaritan missionaries that are willing to take time out of their busy schedules, willing to sacrifice a little bit, maybe just to meet the need of one person. You know, really, if only one person got saved in Uganda, it'd still be worth it all for just one. What type of missions are we? You see, we're all missionaries, just in different places. Are we Samaritan missions? Or are we kind of like the Levites and the, the priests? We see the need, we look at it, and we just kind of pass by. We don't have time. We've left our God at the church. I want to encourage you, don't be a priest. Don't be a Levite. Be a Samaritan. The person may not even like you. The person may curse you if you knew what he was doing. But love him. Bring him to Christ. Show him how he can be saved. Not because pastor says to do it. Do it because you love the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's pray.